Well, good morning, friends. Um, it truly has been uh, quite the week uh, for us in our country. And um, I'm curious um, how many of you stayed awake late into the night on Election Day? Um, and maybe you were up late um, Wednesday and Thursday night, maybe Friday night as well, and you probably would have stayed up late um, until the election was called. I know for me, I was so exhausted, but I just could not get myself to sleep. And so I, I'm just speaking for myself, I was up literally till 2 or 3 a.m. most nights just refreshing my newsfeed. And so I would get distracted sometimes, you know, by some internet rabbit hole while I was waiting. And then I would go back and I would see the same headlines over and over again. I think just America had collective insomnia this past week. Why? It's because this election was so consequential. The stakes uh, felt too high because we care deeply about the future and the soul of our country the future of our children, the future of our planet. And it's hard to sleep when it feels like all of that is hanging in the balance. We stay awake for what matters to us. So then, what does God's word have to say to us on this Sunday after the election? It's this, stay awake, stay awake. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus tells this story about staying awake and not staying awake. That phrase um, can also be translated keep watch, as it is in um, some, some of your Bibles. And it's the same idea. He's saying, like, don't fall asleep. Stay awake. Stay vigilant. Be prepared. And this idea of, of watchfulness it's a theme of sorts uh, throughout scripture, but it's a different sort of watchfulness in staying awake than the anxiety-fueled um, Halloween candy and Trader Joe's snacks-fueled kind that many of us experience this week. In scripture, watchfulness is rooted in the character of God. It's an expression of his loving care for his world. You watch what you care about. So you think of, of parents being watchful of their children on the playground so that they don't hurt themselves or wander off. So in Psalm 121, the psalmist says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. So watchfulness is rooted in the loving care of God for his people. But in scripture, watchfulness is also about God's people watching for God. So in Psalm 130, it says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. 
And the image here is of watchmen who are posted on the walls of the city, and they're there to protect the city. And they watch for enemy movements during the night when the whole city is asleep and more vulnerable to attack. And imagine these watchmen, they're sitting there in the dark, you know, cold, anxious, watching. Every minute feels like an hour. They're doing the equivalent of refreshing their newsfeed every five minutes. When is this night going to end? And they're longing for the morning to see the light of the sun breaking out over the horizon and dispelling the darkness. In Matthew uh, chapter 23 and 24, leading up to our chapter today in the story about the 10 bridesmaids, Jesus is describing a kind of night a moral and spiritual and cosmic darkness that has settled over the world. So in chapter 23, you find him denouncing the religious leaders of his day, who were also the political leaders of Israel. And he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of the bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how can you escape being sentenced to hell? You blind guides, which means you're supposed to lead people into light, but instead you lead them into darkness. I mean, no wonder the leaders of his day hated him so much. And then Matthew tells us that Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. And there then, again, is that loving care of God, his heart broken as he sees his children rejecting the very salvation that they so desperately need. And then in chapter 24, Jesus describes the end of the age. And it sounds like our headlines recently, you know, about the pandemic and political and social unrest and wildfires. You know, some people were like, this feels like we're in the apocalypse. And Jesus says that you will hear of war and rumors of war. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places and all this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. And he goes on to describe the suffering that the disciples are gonna to have to endure because of the gospel. And then he says, then the Son of Man, it's a, a title for the Messiah, will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The coming of the Son of Man is the light that breaks out over the horizon after this long, dark night. And about that hour, and day, Jesus says, no one knows. So keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And that is the larger context of Jesus' exhortation to keep awake and be ready. The wise bridesmaids 
were ready for the coming of the bridegroom. They brought oil for their lamps so that when he appeared, they could light their lamps and go with him. The foolish bridesmaids, on the other hand, brought their lamps but didn't bring any oil. It would be a little bit like going camping and bringing a flashlight but no batteries. So they weren't ready. So what then does it mean for us to keep awake and be ready for the coming of Jesus? So those of you who are old enough, maybe like 40s and older, might remember that back in the 80s, there was this man who claimed that God had revealed to him the exact day that Jesus was going to return. It was something like like October 20-something, 1984 or 86. Just a rule of thumb, Um, If anyone says that they know that Jesus is returning, they actually have no idea when Jesus is actually returning. But the strange thing about this, and I totally remember this as a kid, is that so many people believed him. And I remember in the Korean Christian community across the country, people began selling their homes, Um, they quit their jobs in order to get ready for this particular day in October of, you know, 1980-something. Well, guess what happened? They waited, and they waited, and they waited until that day finally came, and Jesus did not come back. They thought that keeping awake and being ready meant that they stopped what they were doing, and then they just waited in order to be, like, swept up into the air with Jesus. So this could not be further from the truth of what the Bible teaches about what it means to keep watch. The gospel is the good news that because of the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, evil and death do not have the final word. And when Jesus proclaims the good news of the kingdom, he's not talking about us going up into heaven, but rather about heaven coming down to earth. It's not about escaping the world, but it's about how God is changing it radically and forever in Jesus. And it's about the triumph of God over evil and death in the cross. The Anglican theologian um, N.T. Wright describes Christianity as the good news that something has happened, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, which means that something will happen, the healing of all creation, new heavens and a new earth, as it says in Revelation, and that changes everything about the present moment, that the new creation has already begun in Jesus, and we are part of that healing and restoration of our world. And that is why we have to stay awake. We stay awake to the presence and the activity of Jesus in our world. So I hesitated to use this example, and you'll understand why in a second, but it's the one that just came most readily to my mind um, this weekend. So yesterday, Joe Biden was elected as the 46th president of the United States. And on January 20th, he will be inaugurated into office. And for the next two months, the current president is still in the White House and will be. But Biden and Kamala Harris and those who work in his administration are already making transition plans, how they're going to respond to COVID, how they will respond in a number of other um, policy matters. Their behavior has changed. Why? because something has happened, something will happen, and because of that, their present 
and our present is different. It's a call to action in the now. And the reason why I hesitated to use that example is because Joe Biden is not the son of man. He is not the Messiah. Now, don't get me wrong. There are many um, of us who are breathing easier today. And we're hopeful that his administration will improve the lives of all Americans. But as Christians, our ultimate hope does not lie in a Biden administration or the administration of any present, president, past or future. Barack Obama's presidency was historic, but it did not fix racism in our country. Trump is not the problem, he is a symptom of a problem that runs deep in our world and in human nature. Systemic racism and white supremacy, social, economic, and racial injustice, a deeply divided and battered country, a loss of, moral, of a moral compass, evil and brokenness are still very real in our world. And so to stay awake is to be people of the good news, Advent people. Advent's coming up in a few weeks. Something has happened, the first coming of Jesus. Something will happen, the second coming of Jesus. And because of that, everything is different about the present moment and how we live now. Evil and death do not have the final word. Only the word made flesh does. And so we watch for Jesus now. And in that same chapter of Matthew 25, Jesus tells a follow-up parable about the sheep and the goats. And he says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will judge the nations. And he's going to separate them like a shepherd, separating sheep from goats. And to the sheep he will say, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then he says that the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And then he will say, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. In other words, I came to you and you were ready to receive me. I came to you and you loved me. You loved as I loved. I came to you and you served me as I serve, especially those who are the most vulnerable. So how can we keep watch for the coming of Jesus now? How can we be ready for Jesus coming to, the, to us in the least of those that he calls his family? You may be breathing easier this morning, but don't fall asleep in a Biden presidency. Stay awake and keep watch for Jesus and with Jesus today. That regardless of who our president is, the call of the Christian remains unchanged. And those are the vows that we make in our baptism. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. 
Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons? That word all means all persons. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And we respond, I will, with God's help. We will, with God's help. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.